with Sarah Godey, Monica Steely, and Amber Miller. We're excited to announce the launch of a small group Bible study called Be Together. Be Together is a discussion-driven study focusing on creating close-knit unity among women and encouraging them to delve deeper into God's Word. For more resources and information about the Bible study or this episode, please visit www.bestillbefree.com. Hello and welcome to the Beecast. My name is Amber Miller and I'm here today with Monica Steely and Sarah Godey. Hello ladies. Hi. Hi. <laughs> we are on week four of our series, Be Missional and Build. These <laughs> 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 titles get me so long. Amber's pregnancy brain is in full effect. Listen, I'm just glad I got the intro like mostly right this time. I'm we just have glad to that she hasn't thrown up. <laughs> <laughs> Not on the podcast. That was the goal today. Don't throw up on the podcast. We're making progress. We are making progress. It's a beautiful thing. Oh. So week four, be missional and build. This mm-hmm. has been an amazing series, right? Like yeah. we started off with learning that go doesn't mean a destination. It's um, literally a journey. a journey. And yep. then we had an awesome talk with Pam. Mm. And then um, Good Keisha. Talks. Keisha. 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 Um, what beautiful stories. So mm-hmm. incredible. So awesome. And this week, um, we are going to finish up with what to do when your mission changes. Mm. So we've talked about kind of what a mission is, you know, and that everyone's mission is different. Um, but that there's seasons in our life um, where our mission might not look the same as it did. Yes. In the season before. Yes. Um, and... For this, I was drawn to King David, which I thought was so great that we talked about <laughs> King David that one day. I, I was love like, it. Oh my gosh. Love. Um, I found this verse in 1 Samuel 18 5. It says, Whatever mission Saul sent him on, David was so successful that Saul gave him high rank in the army. And there's actually several verses, like in the New Testament, I mean, in the um, NIV, uh, that talk about, that refer to David's missions. Yeah. Like all these different missions that David would go on, whether it was like, you know, with his in a battle or just to complete a task, like he was always kind of on a mission. And I, I wish think, I could remember where I read that about that same thing. Yeah, it's so cool. Like it's so perfect for on it. what we're you know talking about. Mm-hmm. So, um, we're going to talk about really one, two, three, four different seasons that David had in his life. And he had many more than that. Like David's life is so cool to read mm-hmm. about, but. Well, I could talk all day about David. Yes. And I think I've said I know before, that he a, and I are going to have some centuries together to just, so you he had can a read little, to me his a lyrics. A little crush on David. I would have, yeah, yeah, I totally would have been crushing on him back in the day. If Mikhail, <laughs> if Mikhail was in the picture. <laughs> not to marry, just he's, to. He's not to marry, just, just like a harp for you. Right. He's a teenage I heartthrob. David, play your harp. So, um. One, one of the things that I wanted to talk about before we get into the different seasons of David's life is that David kind of had an overall um, like mission and calling on his life from the very beginning, which was to lead the people of Israel mm. closer to God, mm-hmm. you know, from the very start. Like that was what God told him to do. Um, it didn't matter which season he was in. That was a part of like basically who he is. And I think that um, 
when we're thinking of our mission in life, that we all have an overarching mission. Like there is something that God has called all of us to do. Um, And like for me, when I was trying to think of like, what would that be in my life? I don't know the specifics. It's not like, you know, be this, like have this career or something like that. For me, it's more like I feel that God's called me to be an influencer of people to compel them closer to God. Yeah. In whatever way that is or whatever phase that I'm in in life, like I feel like that would be my overarching like mission on my life. What what would you say that you feel like yours would be if you had to? I know this is, I totally just threw this on you. What's your life mission? I mean, truly, if you look back at the Bible and even just what you said about David, I think like at the core, that's all of our mission mm-hmm. is to influence people to bring them closer to God. Um, and I think maybe like a subset of that for me would be to like written or otherwise communicate that through word or speech, mm, you know, yeah. like through yeah. writing or speaking maybe, or I, maybe that's just a tactic. I'm not really, I don't know. That's, I needed more time to think about Sorry, that. Sorry. That was a really hard question. I <laughs> oh, I got mine. It on you. I've got mine. Oh, see Sarah's. Okay. A plus. Oh, yeah, I'm ready. Type A. <laughs> Um, this will give you time to think. Don't compare. Okay. Your journey's different. Yeah. <laughs> be, on Dang. Your, be on your journey. Don't be on my journey. Don't be on her journey. Okay. Um, so the first one that I would say is something that God makes me be honest to on a constant um, level. And when I waver or I begin to think about doing or being on other missions and ministries, he, um, man, he humbles me and he brings me right down. And I would say that it will probably be my biggest overarching mission in life is um, my call to my family. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Like I don't see having kids as what is just the normal thing to do. Like I see having Rylan and Addie as being my main contribution to building the kingdom. Mm. And I see my commitment to Chris, no matter what our ebbs and flows are, as the most significant example to the world of what Christ to the church looks like. Mm, And so um, that is without a doubt. I think if I ever, ever walk away from that mission and make something, try to make something else more important or overarching, um, God will continue to humble me. Mm-hmm. So that would be one. And then I would say, secondly, is just to love others. Yeah. Unpretentiously just to, just to, to love, love and forgive others. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Well, mm-hmm. I think that, um, w- like I said, like, I just think that we all, it'd be good to identify what that is, mm-hmm. you know, like yeah. in your life, what is your overarching mission? But just because you identify what your overarching mission is, doesn't mean that you won't have, seasons where you have other missions, right? you know, that yeah. God's calling you to something else, but that this is something that colors everything right. that you do, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so that being said, let's look at some of the other seasons and different missions that okay. David had in his life. So, um, there's a great article that we'll link to cause nah, I forgot to bring this brain. I forgot to write down what the article was, but we will link to it. Um, but there's a great article that talks about David and his different seasons of life, and so that's where I got the name of these different seasons because these are the places where D- David was mm. when these things happened. So the Bethlehem season is um, when David was a shepherd. He's hanging out in the fields. He had to deal. There was a lot going on with David at that time. Um, he's seeking God's heart. Right? God called David a man after my own heart. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a season of humility. Like being a shepherd was not a not cool. Not yeah. It wasn't like this like high ranking position. It was pretty lowly. Um, and then he was also dealing with overcoming rejection. Like his father 
called all of the sons to present them. <laughs> Could you imagine? Yeah. Except David. Like, that. yeah. Please, what about nobody, nobody mentioned David. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, that you know. kid. Yeah, he's oh, cute, well, but he's not really good for much. Yeah, else. there's that one. You know, and that's. <laughs> So, he, you know, imagine being that person and your father not even mentioning you mm. as one of his sons. Um, and so what does, like, a Bethlehem season look like for us? Um, a Bethlehem season is maybe a season of the mundane. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a season of, like, David's mission wasn't complicated, it wasn't difficult, and it wasn't glamorous. Um, mm. And so I think that we all go through seasons like that where, yeah. you know, we're just going to work. And going to work is just going to work, or I'm just being a mom, or I'm just, oh, you know, so those, those I've feelings. I've said that so many times. Yeah, where you're just doing what you do, and there doesn't seem to be any, um, any growth in it, or any purpose in it, or any whatever. Yeah. And in those seasons, um, your mission is to be where God's called you to be. And it might seem mundane to you, but that was the time in David's life where God molded him into the man that would become the king. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a very important time for David. Right. And so in this season, in the Bethlehem season, when you're kind of doing the mundane, it's important not to um, to downplay um, where you're at. I think, too, in those seasons that um, there are key skills, biblical skills, that God wants you to learn. Like, yeah. I think those are in the seasons where God's like, I'm going to teach you how to submit to authority. Uh-huh. I'm going to uh-huh. teach you how to get along yes. with others. Yep. I'm going to teach you how to submit your will to mine. Like, there's some so foundational huge. biblical truths of, I'm not going to be able to, you can't reach your destination if you don't learn to respect and yep. honor the authority that you're under with mm-hmm. this boss or this coworker, whatever the case may be. So, Because so, he has to prepare you for it. Yeah, he has to prepare you for it. So, I mean, I'm just thinking back into my own Bethlehem season. Yeah, I was going to ask. These what, are the things that God was showing me during that time. What did your Bethlehem season look like? If you could pinpoint when that was. Mine was when I was having a complete identity crisis. Mm. And it was like a job using all of the skills that I'm the worst at and working for a difficult person and the monotony of the day-to-day, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and trying to figure out how to mother in the midst of that and mm. needing that job and... Um, but that was the time where God was teaching me about authority. He was teaching me a gentle answer turns away wrath. He was Mm -hmm. teaching me, um, you know, how to be mentored by some spiritually strong women. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, there was just a lot of foundation being laid in that season. What would you say looking back on it now that God intended your mission to be in that moment? Um... Uh, give me a second, because my brain just fr- freezes up when you put me on the spot. <laughs> like that. I, did I not just say it? No. <laughs> we'll come back to you. Okay. Okay. What about you? Well, do you want me to talk about my Bethlehem? Yeah. What was your Bethlehem season like? So my, Beth- you know, I've talked about that probably quite a few times on the podcast. It's just how. Um, God, I guess, probably made clear what his true mission for me was in the overarching idea of my family mm-hmm. and just called me to a place of solidarity and uh, made me really face 
um, the way I had become very critical about life around me. And mm. Pam and I were talking about this on the way up yesterday, that when we become discontent with our lives, we become very uh, critical of ourselves. Mm -hmm. And when after you are done being critical of yourself, you become critical of everyone else. Oh, yeah. And yeah. so um, God just had to take me out of doing ministry and just put me at home. Yeah. Literally put me at home to teach me how to be okay and to understand the height and the breadth and the importance of raising my two kids to be mm. kingdom builders and loving and supporting Chris. And that was probably a seven-year journey for me. So your, would you say that your mission at that time was to passionately do like the, the others would call the, the mundane, mundane mm -hmm. to yeah. like serve yeah. your family and to to be okay and right. to like yes. to be all in about it and be passionate about that's it. that's exactly right like to quit to quit having the mindset that i am just a just mom a mom yeah because i am not just a mom like it's not by accident that i have those two children those were two children given to me by Jesus, and I pray for a mission field, and so are other people more important than the two that mm. he gave me? And if each of us would quit wanting something else in life and would raise the children that we're supposed to to be kingdom builders and right. passionate followers of Christ, our culture wouldn't be in such a disarray, but we're so busy trying to be their buddy and then trying to go and be something bigger somewhere else that the family is just completely... Yeah falling apart. And mm -hmm. so I just think that's what he wants for me. Like he just has, he has just called me into that. Like, and it's weird. I, again, I told Pam yesterday, the way I am with the kids is just so different than the way I am with anybody else. Like I don't get my feelings hurt and yeah. I'm all in it for them. And, and it wasn't always like that. I mean, there were sure. a lot of tears and reading and, and, um, searching from an early get go. Rylan was a really tough young kid. He tried me in a lot of ways. And I kind of felt like Pam um, talked about how God didn't create this to be impossible, right? Mm -hmm. He knew I was exactly who Rylan and Addie needed, which yeah. means that it was inside of me to figure out how to be their best parent, right. not to just excuse their behavior or say they're strong-willed or there's no, there's no, um, you know, there's no luck for them, you know, yeah, they're, they're going to just be whatever. Um, so, yeah, I would say God really humbled me and said, I understand you have a heart for all these other things, but this is what I gave you. Yeah. So until Absolutely. you can be content with this, yeah. I can't and won't give you anything else because if we're not faithful in the little things, why will he give us more? And really, family is nothing little. Yeah. I was going to say be content. Like that was the mission mm -hmm. of my Bethlehem season was be content. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Quit fighting me. And it's, you know, Greg did a sermon on this um, a wa little while back, yeah. but his like whole sticky statement of his sermon was if your circumstances never changed, could you still be happy? So yeah. awesome. Because I think he defined, posted that on Facebook. Did, yeah. yeah. But so, awesome. so God was teaching me in that be content with me despite everything that's going on, even though it's mm. not what you want. Absolutely. So, yeah. That's so huge. That well, so. and you know, during my time of that, God called me back to the hospital. I had to go back to work. I'd been a stay-at-home mom for a few years, and, and things had changed for us financially and, and security of Chris's job. And I went back to work at the hospital where I had spent mornings crying about hating this job. And um, that's when God would just do really supernatural things. So, you know, my mm -hmm. whole prayer to him was, if this is where you want me, because this is what's best for my family, I'll do it. But I need you to give me the desire to want to be there. Yeah, and absolutely. he did. And then when it was time for me to quit, he began to take the desire away, and I was able to walk away from the job without right. thinking that anything was wrong. And he so would good. constantly do things like that as long as I was walking in obedience in that time. Yeah. 
Hey, I found that devotional on David. Can I read it real fast? Yes, totally. It's Christine Kane again. Of course. Shocking. We love her. If King David had not spent untold hours looking after sheep, he would have never have been able to kill a lion and a bear. If he had not had to contend with lions and bears, he would not have had the courage to tackle Goliath. And if he had never faced Goliath, he probably would have remained in obscurity. There was a clear development from one stage of his life to the next. Too many people want to shortcut their foundational training program, but they are only shortening their ability to go the distance. Mm. Go. Oh, hey. Uh-huh. How about that? Wow. She's like so reading our mail. I know. The problem is, is that she's putting this out before we're recording. We're not reading her mail. She's so reading ours. Yeah. <laughs> it's just confirmation. This is a needed message. It yeah. is. It is. You yeah. know, because God is imparting it to several people. That's exactly right. Several different yeah. platforms That's and influences. Exactly right. That's right. Okay. What's next? Yeah. Okay. So Gibeah is the next season. Um, this is when um, David defeated Goliath. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, which is a, a you know a cool moment. Um, the way that I would describe this season of David's life was that he had one task to do. He was no longer a shepherd. God called him out of that. He called him to slay a giant. That hmm. was it. No ifs, ands, or buts. No um, slay the giant, then go do this other stuff. It was just, you're going to slay this giant. And he went, and he got his stones, and he killed the giant. And there was just no... It was a singular-minded time in his life mm-hmm. where he knew exactly what the task was and he knew what he needed to do, and his focus was on getting that Just mission getting done. done. And so I think that um, I think that that's an interesting time, and I feel like I kind of resonate with that time right now, which is not how I, I would have been six months ago. Um, but I feel like being pregnant, and um, it, I think and you guys would totally understand this, it's like as soon as you see that positive test, everything else takes a level down. Yeah. It doesn't matter what it is. It takes, you know, it's, it's, it's a level lower than this thing right here. And, um, and I think that that's exactly, I'm in a Gibeah season mm-hmm. right now mm-hmm. where I, my job is going to be to be a mom, and that's it. You know, like everything else, it will get figured out, and it will. Mm-hmm. And, um, but my job is this one thing. Have you been in a Gibeah season where you were like, this is my job? And there's no, there's nothing else that um, is distracting me from that right now. The first thing that I think of is um, when I quit my career. Um, Because it was so, I mean, just confirmation after confirmation, building and building and building that this is what you're to go do. And then to trust me for what's next. Mm. Um, And I had never ever and haven't to this day experienced a faith and trust in God on that level. Like to the point where like, I felt like I was walking on effervescent bubbles Mm. when I did that. Um, but it would have been impossible without God. And he came, he pulled, he came through and provided in like the most miraculous ways. Um, and it was the most impossible giant to slay. Like I was single, I had an apartment, I had an amazing career, made a lot of money. And I just walked in and said, I'm done. Yes. Um, and I had nothing, there was no backup. So for me, that was a like I've got my one stone and I'm here it goes. I'm shooting it. Okay. I don't know what's do gonna happen. You. Yeah. Don't know what's gonna happen. That's exactly right. Um that is so true and it give you a season two. I like I wrote that down later on. It says David knew what he had to do, but he knew it was impossible without yeah. God. And that's yeah. so so true for what you Yeah, like you can't just I mean, unless God is the one telling you to do it, you can't just go quit your job. That's exactly right. Um but yeah, it was a giant that I slayed and I don't know, like that 
I, it's one of my favorite times in my life. Mm. Seriously, one of the most favorite times in my life. In really my that is so cool. What about you, Sarah? I don't know. Like, I'm I'm stumped on this one. I'm sitting mm. here trying to think of a Gibeah season. And um, well, you're such a sure person that I wonder if <laughs> if so many seasons that you go through, you're pretty like sure pretty about what your macro level is. Gibeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. Like, I'm 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 drawn back to a. a Yet another devotional that I read lately by one of my favorite, Mark Batterson. Oh, okay. And it was, it was about circle, the circle. And um, he was talking about how sometimes we pray about things for God to answer that really aren't about God answering. He's mm-hmm. already equipped us with the thing yeah. necessary to do it. Yeah, it's more about seeking it's him. It's about it. just having the courage to step up. And so David didn't, we don't read about him fasting and falling on his face before God, asking him to give him the strength to slay the giant. He just said, Hey, I'll do it. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, he, he knew he had been trained for that. And I think, I think I probably approach life a little bit that way. Like just in a, um, I don't know, just in a very practical slaying kind of way. Right. I, I'm, I don't, I don't want to ever be able to say life got the best of me. I think that's why when I go through a tough time, I'm so hard on myself because mm. I'm like, Hey, you can't stay here. This isn't what, this isn't what God has for you. But I don't yeah. know that I have a, you know, my, I guess maybe the whole thing that I went through in my Bethlehem phase, right? That the realization yeah. of what God was calling me to and staying true to that maybe that's would true. be similar to that. That would make sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I, I would say too, just, um, about David in the Goliath thing, um, David collected five stones. Like he didn't know that only it was going to be the one and only first one that was going to kill Goliath. He prepared himself and equipped himself with more than he ended up needing to go into that battle. And I think sometimes I I think the Bethlehem seasons are important again for that foundation Mm -hmm. so that we know that we've got all these stones available to us. Gather up the stones you might need. Be prepared. Um, be prepared. Like oh, use the tools yeah. that are in your arsenal. And I think that sometimes so we just great. grab one and are like, okay, this is the one shot deal. Works, yeah. yeah. You know, and God's like, no, you can get more. Like get, get five. Just right. keep them in your pocket. Just be ready. Absolutely. I, yeah. I think that's where wisdom comes in yes. to these situations where it's like you, you have the, um, the, strength of the compulsion to do the thing, but you also need the wisdom to go along yes. with it. And I think that's probably where the Bethlehem season comes in is mm-hmm. that it's, it's equipping you with the wisdom that you're going to need to yes. grab the five stones instead well, of just the one. How yeah. many, how many fights did he go up against lions and bears to make him realize he better take more than one stone? Right. Exactly. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you don't know. I, I, I never even thought about it that way before because we just think about the five stones and Goliath. But when you think about what prepared him all the way up to be able to use a stinking slingshot mm-hmm. the way that he could, but he still took five stones. And he went to the river to take the five stones. And it doesn't say how long that it took for him to get them. So mm-hmm. maybe he was like waiting around barefoot in the river and just collecting them and taking his time to pray mm-hmm. and to be yeah, and yeah. really like, okay, Lord, like we're going to go do this thing, grab a stone, put it in his pouch, you know, right. yeah. give know. me strength. I, you know, this is going to be kind of scary. I could die. Grab a stone, put it That's in his pouch. That's when I wish know? that sometimes That's what I want our stories heaven. were more elaborated. Because yeah. even like talking about, I was talking to Jesus about the disciples the other day. I'm like, you don't tell us about, you know, them telling jokes and having fun and laughing and, you know, other, like I want to hear the backstories. I know. <laughs> I'm really interested in the backstories. We have an eternity yeah. for that. Okay. Okay. Um, the next season is the Adulam season, and I have no clue if I'm saying that right. Adulam season. <laughs> Adulam. Um, 
And this is um, the cave of Adulam, Adulam is where that season name comes from. It's when he was running from Saul. Like he was and hiding in the cave. Hiding in the caves. Okay. And, um, you know, Saul was literally hunting him down, mm-hmm. trying to kill him. So this is a season mm. of adversity. Okay. Um, wow. It was, I wrote, if we were in the Be Transformed and Fly series, <laughs> this would be called a season of crawling. So <laughs> this, is, this is the season of adversity. Um, and I wanted to ask you, what do you think David's mission was during the Adulam season? When he, he knew what his overarching call was. He still has that in mind and probably in mind more than ever because he's like, you know, being king would be great right now. Um, not living in a cave, you know, (laughs) like what do you think, um, his intentional mission was at that time? Oh gosh. Um, Sarah, I think, I think maybe just a mission of perseverance was he willing to go through this adversity. You know, God had promised him something and he had served Saul, and now Saul's trying to kill him. I'm, I'm sure, again, we think that when we are being delivered into ministry, it's like the be-all, end-all, and it's, you know, roses and golden streets and, right. you know, effervescent bubbles, right? I love that. I would never think of saying effervescent bubbles. People would be like, do you know how to spell that, Sarah? Um, <laughs> but I think that that is very, very... It, I, again, never thought of this. You know, you think about his adversity being um, Bathsheba and his own decision to get into that. I'd never thought about adversity being when he was running from Saul and how many times we have to go into the desert or into the caves and just crawl waiting for God to Absolutely. ordain the next phase. Like there are seasons in our life where I think our mission is survival. Yeah. And I think that God, you know, Allows us to have those seasons. I, I think it is a, um, your mission in those times are remember who he is because we see that with David. And I think we talked about that in crawling that week, one week we see with David, he's like, God, you know, help me the lion. Yeah. They're going to devour me like a lion devours prey. And I'm begging you to come see for yourself. And, but every time he's praised that he ends with you love me with unfailing love and you hide me in your shelter. Mm. And I think it always ends up coming back to don't forget who God really is. Absolutely. Like you have adversity and you have circumstances that just suck. Um, but remember who God really is. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that was David's mission. Yeah, absolutely. What to me, what, um, could you think of a time where you've gone through an Adulam season yesterday, today, today, all the time? I, I mean, I would say that I go through cycles mm-hmm. often where sure. I feel yeah, like I don't I'm think this is like a running a from, season. not the devil per se, but running from the lies and running from the adversities of life and just the overwhelmingness and the noise and the clutter and trying to remember who he is and all the truths mm-hmm. and speaking those truths back into your mind instead of listening to the lies and believing those. I, I, this was very freeing for me just sitting here listening to this because... Um, you know, I cycle through a way of thinking mm, sure. and so I'll be doing really great. And then all of a sudden I find myself going back to my old ways of thinking. And, um, what I try to do in those times is just to grasp onto truth and remember who he is and how I need to transform and elevate. And, um, but it, you know, David had to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to go ahead and jump to the next season so yeah. we can get through all of them. The last one okay, is... Let me just say one thing real oh, quick. Yeah, Jesus had to do that too. 
Oh, yeah. yeah. He had 48 days in the desert where he had to remember who God really was mm-hmm. and what Absolutely. the truth really was, mm-hmm. not the twisted truth that it's Satan tried true. to tell him. So we're in good company. Yeah, isn't that the truth? That's great. Yeah, Absolutely. that's great. Okay. okay. Jerusalem. Jerusalem. Jerusalem's the last season, um, and this is a season of fulfillment. So this is when um, David had finally been anointed king. It's been like 20 years since he had been appointed, uh, but finally, I mean, I've anointed, and he's finally been appointed king. Um. But actually, the fulfillment time, or the flying time, I just realized how close this all is. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Um, Crazy. Uh, but it's actually kind of a, it's easiest, this is the time when it's easiest to lose sight of your overarching mm. call. Um, the whole, uh, Andy and I, you know, were talking through some of this stuff, and Andy was like, yeah, you're right. Yeah, the reason why David fell with Bathsheba is because he wasn't fulfilling his call. Mm. And I was like, what do you mean? He said, well, it was the king's job to go mm. into battle. Mm. And he sent out his, his armies without him. He wasn't doing his job. He wasn't fulfilling his calling. And I was like, you know, oh, my gosh, that's exactly right. So um, in this moment, David lost sight of his overarching calling um, because he, had, he was kind of in this flying time, in this time right. of fulfillment where he had gotten comfortable. Mm, and yes. um, instead of sticking to that mission that God had given him, he kind of... That is insightful. He kind of, you know, went wayward and started wanting literally someone else's road. (laughs) Well, he started started buying his own press. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, like he started really buying into what everybody was saying about Mm -hmm. him. And Mm -hmm. I think that is a danger in flying, and I never had really thought about that before. But the danger in flying is to get, like, so up in your own business about the good thing that you have lost sight of God and that's always that the, you're doing it all on your own somehow and right and losing sight and of we see that actually. a lot with people in ministry exactly a lot unfortunately yeah. they are just people but I think that when we're flying sometimes we it's so easy for it to become about us yeah absolutely yeah um, and so I have just some practical applications oh, yay um, dun, dun, dun. For, for these um, these you know, missional season. Um, <laughs> hey, placenta head. What, what, what are you trying to say? It's, like, it's taking me an hour to get out one word. Okay, so the first one is to identify what your overarching mission is. This is mm-hmm. what we talked about at the very, very beginning. Well, in the beginning, we talked about what's your journey. Mm. Yes, but yes. But now it's what's your mission. What's your mission? So good. What so is your good. mission? And um, write it down. Mm-hmm. You know, we've talked about this so many times about the importance of writing things down. And, you know, Monica is amazing at making these graphics. And it's just so true. Like, I know... Um, I think Greg, right, has his Greg mission has his statement for his life, like framed in a frame. on his desk. Yeah, he went on a um, retreat with Tim, Elmore, Pam's husband, and um, a few other guys. And they spent like a whole day like alone figuring out what is your mission? Like yeah. what is the one thing? What is the vision? And um, cultivating that and putting words to it. And then, you know, like we made him a little graphic and he framed it and it's on his desk as That's a constant awesome. reminder. This is the this mission. Is what you're this doing. Is yeah. Oh. And I think that's important for all of us to do. If you can take that time and identify what that is in your life, because it, it does color everything that you do. And if mm-hmm. you can identify that, it's going to make your decisions a lot more intentional. Yep. Um, the next one is to identify what missional season you're currently in. Yeah. So are you in a Jerusalem? Are you in a Bethlehem? Identify where you're at um, because that's going to help you focus on what, what God's having you do right now. Like yes. for you, you know, your, your focus was 
my kids. This Mm -hmm. is it. Like, this is what God is having me focus on right now. Mm -hmm. Identify what that is because, again, like, the more intentional you become about it, the more successful your mission will be, Mm -hmm. you know? And then lastly, appreciate whatever season that you're in. Even if it's Adulam, where you're crawling in caves, um, it's important to, to appreciate where you are. If you can identify where you are in your mission, um, it'll be easier for you to appreciate what God's doing in the midst mm-hmm. of your circumstances. Yes. That's great. Um, it's finding purpose in the pain. Yeah, exactly. Purpose and purpose in, in the, the you know, in, in the flying time, too. Yeah. It's, it's purpose yeah. in all of it. But if you can appreciate it, you're a lot more likely to get what God's intending you to get out of it. Yeah. Purpose, so. in, purpose in the seasons. Purpose in the seasons, yeah. Is there anything that y'all would like to add? That's good stuff. I love this. You know, I love seasons. See, uh, hey. I'm a big fan of identifying seasons. <laughs> well, Sarah, would you pray for us? I will. Father God, Lord, just thank you again for another recording and just for these precious women that I get to call friends. Lord, just um, how you continue to speak to me. And I know that we say this is um, for other women, but man, it constantly comes back to being something for me as well. And so thank you for just being faithful and showing up and um, helping me to see something in a different way, to redirect my thoughts, to elevate my mind, to transform, to just not stay in the clay and in the mire and the mud. And But Lord, try to live victoriously in freedom of bondage with you. And Lord, I just pray for that listener out there that uh, might just not know what her mission is right now. Open her mind, give her wisdom, allow her to pray to you for wisdom and understanding and um, just reveal yourself to her. And um, Lord, you are so amazing at how you open eyes and put people in paths to help you on that journey. And I pray that you'll do that. Lord, may we be obedient to you. May we continue to want to serve you on the journey that you have for us. May we go in boldness and courage and in faith. And in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Cast. If you enjoyed this podcast, we'd love to have you review it on iTunes. Your reviews and ratings make it easier for others to come across our podcasts. And we'd love to hear from you on Facebook or Twitter. Hit us up at Be Still Be Free. And for details on our Bible studies or other resources, please visit www.bestillbefree.com.